When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another week and another episode of the Giant Take Podcast 2024 offseason edition. Alex, we are looming the NFL draft talk. It's coming soon, so don't worry. Get ready. Free agency coming soon. Don't worry. Get ready. But we have some news before that that we are going to present to you and some stuff that happened today when we're recording this on Thursday night. And I'm going to not waste any time and I'm going to send it to Alex real quick to uh, introduce himself to anyone who's new or reintroduce himself to anyone who hasn't heard him since last week. Alex, my friend, my co-host, it's actually been a while since uh, since we've talked to each other. I think it's been, a, and it's been a few days. So how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, Thursday, so it's close to the end of the week, which is good, I guess. Um, no, it's definitely, it is good. There's no I guess. Good. Yeah. I don't know where the I guess was coming from. And uh, yeah, it's been kind of quiet in Giants land. Um, but of course, around the league, obviously you got co- uh, head coaching hires, you've got um, GM hires, but big highlight, Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL uh, with yep. the Chargers. What could that mean for Brandon Brown? We'll talk about that probably briefly a little bit later as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, I guess, a lot going on in the league itself, but not as much for the Giants, but still have a little bit of stuff that's happening. So at least that's a positive thing. We're not here uh, just asking each other how our days have been all day. Uh, the whole, for the whole episode. So we'll, we'll actually get right into the breaking news here and kind of move it down the line. The Giants have hired a special teams coordinator to replace Thomas McGahee. They interviewed Jets assistant special teams coach uh, Michael uh, Gobriel, I think is how you pronounce his name. That was last week. That was last Friday that they interviewed him. So literally about a week later, they hired him, which was today when we're recording this on January 25th. Uh, he has been with the Jets since 2021. Gobriel uh, previously was a special teams coordinator at Washington State uh, before being with the Jets. And, I mean, I could go through his entire resume. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt actually tweeted similar to Tell the you, news. We know you want to go through his, exa- uh, his entire resume, don't you? I mean, I, I can do it so we can at least sound like we have some stuff on him. There's a specific reason why I'm saying that. I'm not sure if you're catching up there. Oh. Well, I mean, what, the Syracuse part? Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't I mean, read it out automatically. Well, I mean, that, that's not even part of his resume, though. Like, it I is. mean, it's not like 
Well, I mean, technically, the start yeah, of his resume, on your if you resume, think about it. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, well, anyway, what, what Alex is trying to get at is that uh, Gobriel actually spent time at Syracuse, but it wasn't in a role of coaching, though. He just got his grad from there. He was a graduate assistant there. Put your resume off. It's on your resume. All right. Whatever, bro. Whatever. All right. So let <laughs> We'll keep going. So um, the the actual notable places that he's been was he was with the Detroit Lions. He actually was with the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship with them in 2017. He was then the special teams coordinator at my uh, Hawaii. I was about to say Miami at Hawaii. The 2018-19 season, Washington State in 2020. Then the assistant special teams coordinator, 2021 to now, and he is now with the New York Giants. So. We'll see what Gobriel does. Again, like what I was going to say earlier, Zach Rosenblatt tweeted out, felt very well-respected guy throughout the league, and we heard the same notes about Thomas McGahee before he crashed and burned with the New York Giants the past couple of years in the special teams unit. So hopefully that's not a jinxing by uh, Mr. Rosenblatt. I would hope not. Uh, he does cover the Jets now, though. Used to cover the Giants, so he probably knows a thing or two about uh, about Gobriel. So that's, that's really all I have to say about him. Like I said, I mean, a special teams coordinator, not a huge amounts of of um, information to talk about regarding uh, the Giants' new coordinator. With special teams, it's all about you know having a mistake-free unit, and um, hopefully he can do that for us. And that's about as much as you could say. He was an assistant, um, you know, special teams coordinator, so you don't really know exactly what he's going to bring uh, in terms of you know his style. But uh, it'll be interesting, uh, I guess, to see what happens. Like you said, Josh, there's no to really go over there's nothing really to go over besides the Jets generally but you don't really know how much of that was him so um not um, we're not going to get in delve into details about it when we don't really know what exactly we're getting and hopefully uh Brian Dable and company made a good hire um but something we could speak a little bit more on is the defensive coordinator Josh uh, we've had quite a few interviews already um but they requested another one um this time with the Bills linebackers coach uh Bobby Babbitt I believe that's how you pronounce it on Tuesday, um, they're expected to interview him for their defensive coordinator job. Obviously, uh, he knows Brian Dable and Joe Shane from their time in Buffalo. He doesn't have any play calling experience, but he has been uh, the safeties and linebackers coach in recent years. And the reason why I think he got this interview, uh, Bills fans have been raving about him. This linebacking group for the Bills has been torn apart by injuries. Um, you know, obviously Matt Milano, the leader of that linebacking group, going down for the season. So there was a lot of, and a whole bunch of other starters and even their backups, and they're down to some like third string guys. And that unit has still looked fantastic, making it all the way uh, pretty deep in the playoffs into the divisional round. So pretty decent, uh, you know, unit there for the Bills. And I think, could he be a good defensive coordinator? Probably. Um, but again, you don't have that field uh, to really study for him, which is kind of difficult in comparison to some other guys who had been DCs before or whatever. But, um, you know, personally, I'm looking at this group. Um, I like his resume. He's probably like my second 2A, uh, the Ravens uh, secondary coach, probably 2B. Uh, and then probably Jerome Henderson is still my uh, number one choice. I think you you deserve to uh, uh, promote from within, I should say, especially after developing so many nice pieces for the Giants over the years. He deserves a reward. So that's still my like mindset right now for that role, but um, Babic definitely is an interesting proposition as a DC. 
Alex, I really have no thoughts on the defensive coordinators because we talked about it last week. If you want to get my full thoughts on those guys, you can go listen to the episode then. From from then till now, and it's been a week since our last episode, there's really been no updates besides this interview. I feel like we haven't gotten any second interviews. We haven't gotten at least any insights on where the Giants are leaning. So right now, I'm just staying very level-headed to where I really don't know. There's a bunch of candidates they can choose from. Right now, they've, I think, interviewed. He was number... Babic was number five, maybe number four or five that they've interviewed for this Yeah, I think he's five. I think he's five, yeah. So that's the thing. There's just a, a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of picks to go by. What I can do that, though, is uh, let's talk about his resume. Come on. You know I was going to get to it. Uh, he started his coaching career at Kent State as graduate assistant in 2006. He then worked as a secondary coach at Eastern Illinois from 2007 to 2010. Then he made his way up to the NFL. Started off with the Panthers as the administrative assistant for the coaching staff in 2011. Was the defensive assistant in 2012 there. Went to the Browns for two seasons as the assistant defensive backs coach. Was then upgraded to the assistant secondary slash safeties coach in 2015. Went back to get a bigger role at a college, at FIU that was, to be their secondary coach and defensive pass game coordinator. And then he went to the Bills. Spent one year in 2017 as the assistant defensive backs coach. Got promoted to the safeties coach for three, four, excuse me, seasons. And then since uh, this year, or last season... Uh, was the linebackers coach from 2022 to right now, which he is. And we'll have to see if, if that makes any connections there with Brian Dable and Joe Shane. Obviously, when they were brought in, the Buffalo connections were swirling like crazy, not just players, but also people in the coaching room. So I don't know if that's going to continue. Alex, obviously, you have your own opinions on you don't believe that will continue and it's going to be someone in, or at least you want it to be someone within the Giants organization already. I, I, I don't know. But what I, what I do know is that there is something that came on Thibodeau said uh, on a podcast mentioning Saquon Barkley, talking a little bit about Daniel Jones, stirring the pot. And at this point, when all we can talk about is the NFL playoffs, which the Giants aren't in, it's that kind of not so much of a dead period, but that if there is news that come out from social media or podcasts, it's going to be talked about because there's nothing else for the team to talk about. There's There's nothing going on like rapidly uh, free agency as a beginning of draft hasn't really uh, ramped up yet. So when Kayvon Thibodeau said what Alex is about to read, the quote word for word, um, you know, stirred the uh, pot in Giants land a little bit. Alex, what do you got for us? What did Kayvon Thibodeau say? Yeah, so Kayvon Thibodeau, he said, tell you what I'm mad at. It's the only thing I'll say about that. What I'm mad about is that Saquon, because if you look at the game, the tape, Saquon response was responsible for at least 30% of our explosive plays, talking about the year we won the playoff game. So for me and for the integrity of working together and hard work, and we all believe the same things, I feel like Saquon should have been should have got paid first. That's how I feel. Um, I mean, my initial reaction to this quote, it's kind of like not really his place to say. Um, you know, Saquon, obviously, I think we all, you know, if you take aside the, you know, positional value and all that, we all would have preferred Saquon Barkley to be paid first, but in the position that they were in at that time, I get, uh, you know, the, the personal level to it when you're in the locker room with those guys. But I, I think, you know, there was only one decision to be made and it had to be to sign Daniel Jones first. I know obviously it hasn't worked out, um, but you know, if you had to go back and do it again, you would do the same thing. Uh, probably if you're Joe Shane, I'm sure he would say that in a press conference, but 
I just don't like this. You're coming out kind of dissing your quarterback on the side. Um, I'm not a big fan that Kayvon went out and said it. Uh, I'm, you know, I guess it's nice that he's sticking up for one teammate, but he didn't really have to stick up for one teammate and kind of put the other one down. If that makes sense. And Alex, I, by the way, this was on Carmelo Anthony's podcast, which I did not even know that he had a podcast. I did not. Podcast either. called uh, 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. Um, it's also it's it's Carmelo and uh, what's like the kid Marrow, I think his name is. When I initially saw uh, the name of the podcast, I thought it was like a Nets podcast. Like, that's and, what I thought too. And I was and like, I was like why is Kayvon on a Yeah, why is Kayvon on a Nets podcast? Yeah, apparently not. I mean, who who wants to talk about the Nets anymore? I'll talk about the Knicks though, if you really no, want no, to. No, no, we're not talking about that. Well, no, what happened this week? I think there was like a game between the Knicks and Nets, right? Like a New York City rivalry game that four games in a row blown ten plus point leads in the fourth quarter. I was joking. Oh, I didn't even mention that. I, I, by the way, for everyone listening, I was sarcasm. Obviously, the Knicks beat the Nets 108-103 earlier this week. And uh, I texted Alex, like, thoughts on the uh, the Nets game. I didn't even mention the fact that they were up by double digits in the fourth quarter with less than 10 minutes for left. For four games in a row, choked. Josh. For four straight games, they've been, and they've blown it each and every time. Sounds, what happens sounds when great you don't to have be a closer? Trade everyone. Fire Jacques Vaughn. Send Josiah away and make him sell the team or maybe you just Sean Marks is not terrible but send Jacques Vaughn away send Josiah them just send them all away just tell them to go coach deal with another team I can't deal with them that's anymore Pain. well here's someone who might be dealing with another team we'll have to wait and see if he gets hired and that is Brandon Brown the assistant GM for the New York Giants coming from the Philadelphia Eagles by the way well, very well respected. Another guy, like we're talking about all these well-respected guys, but Brandon Brown is one of those people, but we don't really know what he does. I mean, we assume that he's everywhere because everywhere Joe Shane is, he's kind of attached to the hip of Joe Shane. So that's like at the senior ball, at the scouting combine, at different games throughout the country during the college football season scouting. So we're assuming he does a really good job scouting players for the New York Giants. That's all I know, because besides that, all I know is the name of his title, and that's assistant general manager. We're not in there with him on the day-to-day knowing what he does. But whatever he does, he's good at it, I guess, because he's well-respected. He got the second interview with the Los Angeles Chargers, who just yesterday hired their new head coach and Jim Harbaugh and are looking for a general manager. So will Brandon Brown compliment the new head coach, Michigan man, and now national champion uh, Jim Harbaugh in Los Angeles? The I guess the answer remains to be seen. I don't know what he does, so I can't. I, I really like cannot answer it. I I guess it's it's that he's very good at the draft and and scouting and looking at players because that's what he was before. That's the only reason I could say that because before he got ranked up so high to be with the Giants as an assistant general manager, his entire background prior to that was scouting, assistant scout, head scout. Credit you know, with finding recruiter. Jordan Mailata, and they picked him the seventh round. Who obviously is now an All Pro tackle. So that's kind of how he got his, I guess, name to fame or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I, I'd say with the Chargers, it's an interesting one because Harbaugh's definitely going to want to have a lot of personnel sway and say, um, I should say, say, oh my God, what is Harbaugh? So we're writing poetry now? You are writing poetry. Jim Harbaugh is going to want a lot of say in player decision-making, player personnel. Um, and I'm going to have to imagine the GM's going to have to take a little bit more of a backseat. So someone will like Brown with a little bit less experience, um, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, obviously a lot younger than a lot of these other GM candidates. Maybe this is a nice spot for him where he can kind of like work with Harbaugh and, um, you know, kind of 
you know, grow as a GM and then maybe find another opportunity later down the line where he's more in full control, if that makes sense. But I don't know. I, I think there's kind of positives and negatives to it, but um, it's always rough, right? When you hire uh, a head coach before the GM, right? That's always sets a weird precedent. I was so. going to say, I, you would you would obviously assume the GM would be done. The Giants did it right. I think that's something that so we you have can... to do it that way at least acknowledge and that was they hired a GM before hiring the head coach because the GM and Joe Shane for the New York Giants was a part of the reason why they got Brian Dable and that is something that the Chargers did not do is that because they were moving swiftly and the GM candidates that they were interviewing weren't as swift and they didn't really like it so they're like okay let's get our coach before he goes somewhere else and then we'll figure it out from there maybe they like Harbaugh and the connection that he can have with the Young quarterback in Justin Herbert. I think that's definitely a reason why. I think they didn't want him going somewhere else. So they had to kind of, you know, click the uh, click the button and, and I guess make the call to make him that coach. I don't know where I was going there. Did you also see, by the way, that Harbaugh is like the fourth highest paid coach in the NFL right now? Yeah. The contract that he's getting? I mean, I think it's that's absolutely absurd. I think that's absurd. I mean, the guy hasn't been in the NFL for a numerous amount of years. I know he's coming off the national championship, but that's in college football. No, I don't think he's going to be as good as people think he's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a transition period for him. It always is when you go from college to the NFL and back and forth or whatever it may be. Um, so I don't think it's going to be instant success. But I was a little surprised they did not hire a GM first because they have a lot of problems on that roster as well. It's not as ready-made as some people are making it out to be. But this isn't a Chargers podcast, obviously. Um, the Giants would get two comp picks, uh, two third-round comp picks, if Brandon Brown is hired for those were interested. So do you want him to be hired by the Chargers? You want those comp picks? I don't really care either way. Yeah. I think he's a valuable asset, so I wouldn't I'd be kind of upset to lose him, but I think two third round picks is a fair compensation. Like if someone was like, Ooh, I we want Brandon Brown, we'll trade for Brandon Brown. I don't even know if that's a thing. Like can you trade front office people? I don't think so. Uh, but it, hypothetically if they said that I'd say the value I'd want is about that same value. So I could go either way. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, I don't know how many crucial decisions he's making behind the scenes uh, and how valuable he is to the Giants organization. So if he goes, so be it. If he stays, cool. Uh, it really doesn't matter uh, to me. And we've only really seen one NFL draft under Joe Shane, right? So yeah, one or real two. One. Yeah, two. Yeah, one real one. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break because that's all the Giants news that we have, at least for this episode. And when we come back, we'll recap a little bit of the uh, divisional round of the NFL playoffs and preview our picks for the conference championship. Be right back. All right. Welcome. We're going to talk some divisional round, Alex. I think the Packers, the absolute... Um, I guess, surprise they, they gave fans on Saturday was something we did not expect. It's something we definitely did not expect. They put up a great fight against the 49ers. They almost beat the 49ers. I wish they did beat the 49ers. I mean, we could say the same thing about the Bills. Uh, they end up coming on the short end, as so did uh, Buffalo. Both uh, both games coming down to one field goal, basically. <clears throat> basically, excuse me. Uh, besides that, Ravens just putting the Texans in their place. I think it more shows how good the Ravens are than how bad the Texans were. They had a hell of a run up to that point. Obviously, also beating, rushing the Browns the prior the week before that. And then, um, yeah, the Lions 
I obviously it wasn't like a a blowout win, but I think they really controlled the pace of that game throughout the entire way through. So second half especially was relatively convincing. Yeah. So are there any takeaways that you have from from divisional week? Honestly, not really. I think everything played out pretty similar to how I thought it was gonna play out, except for the Bills. I thought the Bills would beat the Chiefs, so I was a little bit surprised, but Patrick Mahomes, he's just He's a different level, man. So I, I, it's tough to well, count against him. But uh, now I sound like uh, Chris Collinsworth with the. Uh, well, if, if Tyler Bass can make his field goals, that would be. Yeah, but I didn't think it would be that close. To be honest, I thought the Bills were going to win relatively convincingly. Um, so I was kind of surprised from that standpoint. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he's he's really good. Obviously, we knew this. And uh, yeah, yeah, guys, Patrick Mahomes, he's uh, he's a pretty good he's pretty quarterback. Good, but if I you didn't know, found a transitioning here. I think it's going to be tough. That Ravens team is fantastic. In terms of what I've seen up to now, it, you know, over the past five or six games or so for them, they've looked like one of the best teams that I've seen in a long time, at least over the past few years, in terms of like their well-roundedness, uh, defense, offense, and Lamar Jackson is playing top level. Um, Mark Andrews is coming back for the conference championships too, which no one's even really talking about, so they're going to be even better uh, from that I mean, standpoint another weapon so by the way we went three and one in our picks last week both of us had the bills sure. over the chiefs i i would agree alex and i think the whole entire world uh and and the nation at least is hoping that the that the uh, ravens win this game over the chiefs because i mean you've been scrolling on tiktok you've been seeing all the lamar jacksons the uh, the, the lamar jackson highlight videos like the one man who can save us from another Chiefs super Bowl. switch it up for a little bit you know it's it's kind of like when the warriors switched it up josh that was funny that was funny. That was funny. That was funny. People are laughing right now. I know they are. It's like one dad joke per month that Alex has to unleash on this podcast. Um, anyway, completely threw me off guard. Um, I think that uh, Lamar Jackson can do that, though. It's kind of like the miracle run that the Warriors made, right? In the early 2010s. Um, early 2010s. The early 2010s. The early to late 2010s. The Warriors that made their run to the finals like every single year uh and had the super team people were kind of i mean as like a young kid i was like yeah keep going warriors but i could understand the entire nba was like this is boring it's kind of like that with the chiefs right i think fans are kind of getting to to the edge of their as great as this team is as great as kelsey and mahomes are we want to see a different team in the super bowl is that too much to ask so we'll have to wait and see but i i do think that like you were saying alex if there is one team to do it it is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens that can kind of dethrone uh, the current Super Bowl winners, and uh, we'll have to wait and see if they do that on Sunday. That's the early window. Alex both Alex and I both have the Ravens winning that game. And um, the other game, 49ers and Lions. Wow, what a miracle run we talk about that, that the Lions have been on this season. I'm absolutely crushing it. They beat... Their former quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and the Rams last week, pretty convincingly, like we just mentioned, are the Buccaneers that was last week, right? And then the week before that, it was Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Now, what can they possibly do against the juggernaut in the NFC that everyone is saying there is no possible team that can beat them? I remember during the season, we were saying, who can possibly beat the San Francisco 49ers? Who can do it? The Ravens did. The Ravens did. And I think the Lions can too. I I really do have trust in that team. I I picked them in this game. You picked the 49ers, but I picked them because I want a little bit different, 
right? I, I want to root for the underdogs, and I feel like they've been that way throughout this entire season. And I just love Dan Campbell as a head coach so much. I think that they have a really good group there in Detroit, and um, I just kind of want to see them go all the way, make it to the Super Bowl, give their fans hope. I mean, they had that first game back at home for the first time in 30 years, 30-plus years they hosted a playoff game, Alex. That's insane. So if they are able to make this run and get all the way to the Super Bowl, whether win or loss, I think their fans would be absolutely over the moon about it. So uh, that that's I'm more not even choosing it for like the right state of mind of who, oh, I think is going to win. It's more of I want this story to happen, and that is why I choose the Lions. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Um, because Alex loves rooting for negativity, and he wants all things to fail. And I, I just want the world to suffer. No, Who I, cares about storybook endings? Because Alex is here, and he's just going to ruin your day and make everyone <laughs> sad. He's going to ruin everyone's life. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> they're just a the better team. Uh, they were a little rusty, definitely rough. Uh, against the Packers, but I think the Lions, eventually Jared Goff is going to start making mistakes because um, he's playing at an elite level right now and he is just not an elite quarterback. Uh, to be completely fair, uh, Lions fans, please do not kill me. I know he's your Lord and Savior, um, but yeah, I just don't see it. Uh, I think that defense, I know they're playing really well too for the Lions, but I also just personnel-wise, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up uh, with some of those weapons on offense. You got George Kittle, you got Debo Samuel, you got uh, Brandon Ayuk, you got Chris McCaffrey. Uh, it's just too much. Like, I can't even say it all in one breath. They have that many elite weapons. So, uh, if Brock Purdy just plays a simple, safe game, uh, I think the 49ers are going to win. And, um, yeah, that, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. So, yeah, I got the, the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. So, what we got going on for you coming up, uh, I think we might attempt for two episodes next week if we can fit it all in we're going to talk some new york giants free agents we're going to play a little keep or go game uh and do that and then um along those lines we're going to have a senior bowl talk as well so get excited for that as the senior ball is happening next week but for right now we thank you so much for listening to this episode of the giant take podcast please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening drop five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Alex on Twitter at anorian 23 I'm on Twitter at joshillo 29 And um, we also, our first position group uh, is good. Um, I'm revealing it. I think we teased it a little bit last episode. It's going to be quarterback. It's going to be quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to be talking about our top quarterbacks, we think, in this NFL draft. Will they land the Giants pick? Will the Giants pick them in the first round? We'll have to wait and see. But if you already want some kind of sneak preview content on that, Go uh, follow the TikTok or subscribe on YouTube and then also go follow the TikTok as well as I've already posted the first, at least my, uh, top two quarterbacks in this year's draft class, Caleb Williams and Drake May. I don't think that's a debate for anyone. No one's going to disagree with that. Um, and then I'm hoping, hoping to make more videos and have more to come over the weekend when I have some more time. So uh, definitely stay in touch there. Uh, and Alex will wrap this one up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Hope everyone has a great weekend and Senior Bowl and more off-season stuff to come very soon. And we'll see you. Peace. Uh,